And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, great show today. I was joined by one of my favorite guests, Shoshana Weissman. It's always a great time talking to Shoshana. Uh, we, we covered a lot. A, lo- a lot of ground today. Um, not not particularly cheery subjects, unfortunately. Uh, we talked about uh, President Trump's executive orders and the death of fiscal responsibility generally. <laughs> we talked about the violence and unrest in the city of Chicago from last night. Uh, we talked about the latest round of big tech hearings on Capitol Hill. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot of ground, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, first, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with the great Shoshana Weissman. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Shoshana Weissman. Shoshana, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, all right, we have a ton. We have a ton to get to, as always. Uh, Let's start off with the obvious. Here we go. Uh, President Trump, in classic 21st century presidential fashion, has decided to bypass Congress and signed a series of executive orders this Saturday. Um, These orders uh, will create a $400 a week enhanced unemployment benefit uh, protection against uh, evictions. Um, It's unclear at this point if that means landlords will be bailed out as well. I I don't really understand how how that's all going to work. Um, It includes... uh, deferments for uh, uh, student loan payments and the cancellation of payroll taxes uh, for anyone making under $100,000 a year. Uh, all right. So where to start? Where, where to start? Where, where should we start <laughs> in discussing this, I don't even know. I mean, like, it's just, it's amazing that, like, Trump, I mean, I know that Trump has no logical consistency. Like, it's fine, but, like, he'll go after people from, like, for, like, legislation from the bench and then he'll do this. And it's like, this is also that same concept. Like, hello, like, you're not supposed to do this thing. Like, this isn't your role. It's just, it's exhausting. I'm just so used to it that it's hardly surprising. But like, I've seen it, some conservatives praise it and I'm like, I hate you all. You all are terrible. This is not okay. Like, <laughs> it's just so disappointing. Yeah, obviously this is all unconstitutional. Congress has the power of the purse. It. The thing is, it's it's precedent at this point. <laughs> Uh, for all intents and purposes, yeah, that, that the presidents can do whatever they want. I mean, President Obama's DACA order was upheld by the Supreme Court, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything blocking this. I don't see anything preventing this from happening. Do you? No, and even like some Republicans in Congress were like, "Oh yeah, good for him." And part of me thinks not all of them, but for some of them, that it was like he might do something worse. So like, let's pick and choose our battles. Which again, I don't love that, but I I get it. Like I get that that has to happen. Um, but. But also, like you were saying, like a lot of the exec order is just kind of weird and I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I guess we'll see. But like it was written kind of weirdly, which is why Congress should just sue its job and it doesn't. And it's just it, it's exhausting all the way around. But I, I have to remember, though, I think the DACA challenge wasn't 
on like, I, I, I have to go look it up again because it's been a while since I read it. But I think a lot of it made sense to me, like that basically that it opened it up for another challenge, um, but the specific challenge they turned down. So I don't think it was, you know, uh, it, it was so much on, on the, the format of the power. I might be wrong, though. But like, yeah, like Obama did the stuff. And now people are like, oh, how could Trump? And I'm like, well, you didn't say crap when Obama did it. And they should have. And we should all constantly call it out. But it's just really depressing that it's just the it's like a baseball game. Just people become offense, defense every couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only a handful of people who are consistent <laughs> on yeah. condemning uh, executive overreach and yeah, I'd say probably half the people who in the entire country who have been consistent on this issue are on this podcast currently. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know how much exactly. like, I don't know how many reinforcements we're going to have, unfortunately. But I mean, I, honestly, I don't even know if the Democrats are going to challenge this because I don't know if but know. let's say they let's say they can get this executive order overturned in the courts. I, do they really want to open that can of worms? And and it would be open season for the Republicans to start going after all of Obama's executive orders, and I don't really think they want that. So it's honestly, I don't. I think this is going to happen. I think it's going to go through, and it's going to be. It's once again setting a dangerous precedent going forward. Yeah, like if I remember correctly, I think Pelosi was like, "This is bad," but not like she was going to challenge it. I'm like, I hate that. <laughs> I can't deal with this. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, see, I just wish this pandemic, well, I wish the pandemic never happened, but, but I, you know, to a lesser degree, I just wish it happened in a non-election year. I mean, the left is obviously attempting to use every aspect of this pandemic to their advantage. You heard Michelle Obama say the quiet part out loud last week, saying that, you know, we should use this virus to redistribute wealth. It's like, okay, well, you're not supposed to say oh, that out loud, either. Michelle, but, <laughs> but, and oh, then the Republicans are using the same tactic. I mean, the Republicans are, are adopting the left's tactics of, of trying to buy votes too. I mean, they're playing the same game. I mean, yeah. think about it. The Democrats pushed for the extra uh, $600 a week uh, unemployment benefit in May. And I don't even think they thought they were going to get it. I think they were just playing the game. They were daring Republicans to say no so they could beat the Republicans over the head with it until November. But the Republicans went along with it. Okay. And now Trump is playing the exact same game. Here, here's an extra 400 yeah. a week. No student loan payments. No payroll taxes. He's daring the left to sue him. And they probably won't. I, I just I think they're both calling each other's bluffs over and over, and the spending is just going to continue. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, like the one player there isn't is like people who care about spending, which is really depressing. But it's true. It's like no one cares. Like that's not that's not part of the equation. So like they can just keep playing this game, and then taxpayers get hurt, and like it's it's ridiculous. And I'm you know of course I'm open to like some of these um, benefits and stuff, but we should have been better when times were good and we weren't and we're not going to continue to be um and also we have to make sure that we're ma we're not making it easier for people to not work which was part of the whole problem um i've heard from some business owners like that they couldn't get people to work because it was just they were making more money staying at home and that's unfortunately it's a reasonable decision like if if you know you're going to make more want money doing something than something else like you know maybe you were struggling before and now you have some extra money like i don't I, it's it, it's a logical decision and we shouldn't be giving people that kind of decision to make um it's really frustrating to see but it's it's just government just doesn't think through stuff and it's all games to them and they forget that these are people's lives and businesses right i mean like we've been spending like we've been in the middle of a depression when times are good i mean it's it's complete yeah. insanity you know and it goes all the way up to you know the federal reserve i mean like you know well personally i don't think the federal reserve should exist but uh you know 
the Fed reducing interest rates, for example, is supposed to be like the last bullet in the chamber. Like if, you know, if you're staring down the barrel of a recession or something, okay, let's, you know, here's a Hail Mary, here's a prayer, let's just slash interest rates. But they do that when the economy's booming, right? So it's like they they, they spend like we're in a crisis even when we're not. And, you know, I don't know. I just don't know how we get out of it at this point. I don't have much hope for the future regarding fiscal responsibility. It's it's been a hundred years since the federal government has drastically cut spending. I mean, there was the brief period of sanity in the late 90s with a Newt Gingrich-led House and then a Democratic president that was just impeached and had no political capital at all. So he was like forced into going along with balancing the budget. But it's really been since the Harding and Coolidge administrations that the federal government has actually, you know, cut spending in a significant way. I mean, that, that's the 19, that's that's 100 years ago. That is a decade ago. So I don't really know how, I, I, I'm not seeing another Warren G. Harding, you know, running for president. Like, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that can tell the American people, hey, tighten your belt. We're cutting spending. We're digging our way out of this debt. Like, I don't know how we convince the American electorate that we can't keep spending like this. Yeah, I don't know either. And part of the problem, too, is even Newt cut cut things in a really dumb way. Like, right. he cut the Office of Technology Assessment, which saved us money um, from the way it operated, but also from informing uh, Congress and, like, making sure they were informed about, like, harder more technological issues. And there, there's a lot of studies out there showing that that agency saved money and that cutting it uh, uh, forced us to spend more. Um, I, I just, it floors me that like everyone thinks there's just unlimited money and I'm guilty of it too. Not that I advocate for policies that are gonna end up like putting us in the red super hard, but like, I just don't think about it enough. Uh, one of our scholars at our street does and he's really frustrated by it. And the poor guy is always just like trying to get his message out there and he does but it's like no one really listens like you know people are like yeah this is a good idea but like government so it, they just don't follow his advice and they should because like money is finite and like I just it, it, it's always floored me that this has become one of those things that no one really cares about like you know I can't do that I can't just keep spending stuff until like I don't have any more money like that's not how it works yeah I just don't know how we move forward you know, I mean, like the the only, I, I, I don't I don't see it. Like I don't. Obviously, the Trump administration is not going to cut spending. Um, I mean, Trump's not a conservative. I mean, you know, he's a pretty moderate guy. He's a he was a Democrat most of his you know until five seconds ago. Like I, I didn't yeah. never expected him to to be this you know fiscal hawk or anything. But you know, I don't know if the Republican Party will will go in a more you know fiscally conservative direction moving forward. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Rand Paul. He's one of the only politicians, you know, one out of a, a handful that are consistent on this issue, ran for president. He got 5% in Iowa, nothing in New Hampshire, and dropped out. You know, yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know, I, that the American people just don't have an appetite for it. I mean, you can't force people to vote right. a certain way. Like, I just don't know, I I don't know. I mean, Rand Paul ran. We'll see if, you know, Mike Lee or, or somebody like that will run on a yeah. platform like this going forward. Maybe somebody like that will. Uh, maybe somebody like your guy, Doug Ducey, you know. Oh, pride, I love him. Pride of Toledo, Ohio, where he was born and raised, it. by the way. <laughs> I love Ducey so much. He's the greatest. But, like, I'm not sure if, if he could do it. We need lots of people in, and I don't know how to get that. Like, I don't know how to fix that, how to get that appetite for the American people side. I mean, they need to be made to be seen. And, unfortunately, that's going to take, like, a wild crisis where we just don't have more money. And, like, that's a really bad thing. Um, Like, I don't I, – I, I think anything short of that, people are going to be like, oh, there's there's money. Yeah, I mean, people haven't 
felt the pain yet. You know, they haven't felt the pain of their government spending future generations to death. I mean, I don't know when that's coming. I mean, yeah. I, you know, a lot of our, you know, our, our friends on the libertarian side, you know, they, they've been predicting doom and gloom for a long time. And I, I tend to agree with that, you know, but all the predictions saying, well, the bubble is going to burst. It's all coming down in the next year. And then the next year, it's yeah. in the next year, here we go. The dollar is going to fall apart. And it, just, it hasn't happened yet. I can't really tell you why it hasn't. It's, it seems I, like, I mean, we're further in debt than any country in the history of the world. I, I don't know how we haven't been affected, you know, more negatively, but it's going to happen. I, I, I hope there's a way to, to wake the American people up before we hit that wall. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. And I don't know how. I don't know, like, what it's going to take, what the strategy, like, I, I'm with you on, on that. Like, I just, I don't know either. Um, and I, I, it's something I think about a lot. I'm sure people more well-versed on this issue have a better answer than I do. I just definitely don't know. It's and it's frustrating because I I don't know what it's gonna take to see like when the moment will be what it'll be like how bad things will be and if people will even realize then you know. I just think that Warren G. Harding and Calvin Coolidge were able to reform the entire tax code, the entire tax system, and you know cut they they cut the federal budget by like over one hundred percent. I mean they slashed it. You know, yeah. it was like 115 percent or something, and they cut taxes by 200 percent or something. It was something outrageous. But there was no welfare state. I mean, there there was no there was no FDR welfare state at this point. So people weren't dependent on the government the yeah. way they were post 1940s. So I don't know. I mean, maybe with the New Deal, we just lost all hope of fiscal responsibility forever. Maybe it is just a lost cause. I, I don't know. You're you're much more cheery and optimistic than I am. So. Uh, you know, convince me that it's not a lost cause. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I could. Um, oh. it, with, with, there's, with regulatory reform, I always see a path, but with spending, I don't always, which is sad because I wish there was because I care right. about it. Um, I just, I don't always see that path because just people don't act like, nobody acts like it. No one in power acts like it. And that's really dangerous. Um, and also just the political incentives these days are just so bad. Like it's, Everything's really bad that way with like, you know, Congress going after the NBA instead of like doing its job and stuff like that. It's right. It's it's really bleak. And normally I'm not that um, pessimistic about stuff. It's just been really, really bad lately. And I think obviously I think a lot of the Republicans in Congress are hypocrites. Um, you know, they all campaign on, on fiscal responsibility and then they vote the opposite oh, way. Yeah. But, you know, aside from a handful of guys, you know, you're you know, you're your Rand Paul, your Thomas Massey, and Mike Lee, these kind of guys. But, like, I get it. I, I, it's no excuse, but I understand. I mean, the, these Republicans, they are like the, the puppy that's been beaten by their owner way too many times, and they kind of just cower in the corner. I mean, look at what the press says, what the Democrats and the press uh, say about anybody who tries to cut spending. I mean, Paul, Paul, oh, Ryan, yeah. Paul Ryan wanted to cut spending by one-tenth of one percent on one issue, and he's trying to kill your grandmother, right? Oh, okay, so it's like, I think these Republicans, they're just, it's like the beaten wife thing. You know, they've been beaten by the press so often. They're like, well, maybe if I just shut up and do what they want, they will stop hitting me. You know, like, honestly, I feel like that's the root of the cowardice within the Republican Party on fiscal issues. Oh, I don't think it's that. I mean, it's that there, there's so many people within the Republican Party that are crappy. Like, you have your Lindsey Graham. Who do lots of dumb stuff all the time, and like right. pre- you know, lots of Republican presidents who aren't really conservative, or or are, are only sometimes conservative and understand limited government, and they have lots of opportunities to do stuff. But you have senators who barely legislate, 
Um, and they don't really even care what the news thinks of them. Like, it doesn't really matter to them, especially these days. They just want to get on Fox News to get praise. Like, it's, it's, I'm a lot more cynical about that whole dynamic. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they get points for attacking the mainstream media. So it's not like they really care, you know? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Especially with senators, because they're only up every six years. You know, maybe it's a little different for, for members of the House. Uh, let's uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's let's go from one depressing topic to another <laughs> real <laughs> quick. Um, uh, let's talk about some of the violence uh, happening in Chicago last night. The city of Portland obviously has been rioting for over two months. I mean, it's the city's become a, a lawless nightmare. And the same things happened in Chicago yesterday. There was a police-involved shooting where a man was threatening his neighbors with a gun. Uh, the cops are called. The man opened fire at the cops. The cops returned fire and shot the guy. So leftists decided to oh, burn the city down. Leftists just say, okay, well, a uh, cop was involved with the shooting. Let's destroy Chicago, Illinois. Oh. Violence on the streets, shootings, looting, you know, fires being set. I mean, this is one of America's great cities destroying itself. And the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, refuses to do anything about it. I mean, look, I... I'm a libertarian. I'm all about police reform, criminal justice reform, and all that. Like, I'm on board with all that stuff. But I'm just, like, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I'm over all of it. I'm over all of it. Just anybody who riots, anybody who's violent, arrest all of them, throw the absolute book at them. I'm just, I'm over it. The fact that the Democrats feel that this is, it's politically advantageous to allow this, this kind of violence in their cities is just disgusting to me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it amazed me that in Seattle, nothing was done for so long. And like with peaceful protests, obviously, like, you know, whatever there, I'm fine. But with the rioting, like, I don't, it, it, it floors me that they've done nothing about it. Um, And like, it's, it, it really bothers me that it's been allowed to go on. And like, what also bothers me, though, is Republicans saying, well, you didn't elect Republicans, but it's not like we actually run good Republicans in cities. We run just some random guy who's going to lose, like. If we took cities seriously, I might, you know, understand that argument a little more. But so often we just run these crappy people who, like, aren't really intended to win and we don't really put any effort into them. Um, so, of course, people aren't going to vote for them. They're not, like, real serious candidates. Um, and also, we, no one, like, deserves this. Like, if people vote for someone, they're not thinking that this stuff is going to happen. You know, you have your crazies and stuff, but the majority of people vote for someone because, like, they think it's the better option. Um, but yeah, it's like with, with the rioting, all that stuff should have been shut down. But like, um, and, and I think if it had been shut down early in, in a, and handled in an appropriate way by like local police and like, you know, just done right, I don't think we would have had all these extra riots and stuff. Um, and it frustrates me with Black Lives Matter because I think that there's a lot of good in the movement, not necessarily in like the, the Black Lives Matter, like, uh, organization itself like the leadership of it i think that they get things wrong a lot and a lot of it worries me but um but with a lot of people who take it on i think that they mean genuinely well with it and that they just want to make sure that everyone uh has justice um but then you have other people who adopt it and just use that in a, as an excuse to riot and it's just like it's so easy to conflate all of it because it's so hard to tell apart like what part is doing what thing um, and it's just all the more depressing and like you have all that going on when they're not social distancing and there's not masks and like, oh my gosh, it's it's just, it's one of those things that just extra depresses me about everything. Like, you know, we need good protests, but like rioting and shutting down cities is not really great. And, and like, 
we should handle that and we also shouldn't have allowed the autonomous zone where people get, were getting like murdered like holy crap it's just people have gone mad and we also shouldn't probably be sending in dhs because like that's not their role to do that kind of stuff like the the city should be taking care of it and i know it sucks if they're not but like it's not always the federal government's role. So there's just so much room for nuance here where it's like, there's lots of little pieces I hate and lots of little pieces where it's like, no, I get that, but kind of crappy all around. I, I, I totally agree. And there is a lot of nuance here. I, I, I'm, I am sympathetic to the right wing lack of nuance though. Like I, I do understand the frustration. Yeah. I mean, like you can't look at these mayors, Lori Lightfoot, uh, the, the, I forget the guy's name, the mayor of, of, uh, uh, Portland, and then you know a guy like Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles. It's, you know they're mm-hmm. they're arresting pastors for <laughs> for holding like oh, you know, know for holding a service in their parking lot that's socially distanced, and they'll throw the the pastor in jail, and then they'll encourage people to go in groups of tens of thousands and riot. You know, no, it's, I- it's like I understand the the right wingers that are like screw all these people, I'm done. Screw wearing a mask, all that. It was just ridiculous. Wear a wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. But like, I understand it. I understand the put. Like, you can't. Lori Lightfoot was tweeting all day yesterday. You know, it was uh, the eighth, two days ago, about how she's trying to track down and arrest these you know frat boys for playing volleyball on a beach, and then she allows her oh, city to be absolutely destroyed last night by violent communists. Okay, like you can't. Yeah. You cannot. You gotta pick one, lady. I mean, this is a truly wicked woman running Chicago, but, like, you got to pick one. You cannot. Come on. Like, I don't care how far left you are. Yeah. I, I don't care how much you support Black Lives Matter. You got to call BS on this kind of behavior from these elected officials. No, agreed. And, you know, I, I was sympathetic that certain church services couldn't go on if it was, like, inside and, and you know, precautions weren't taken or data didn't support it. I, I was sympathetic there. But then when you have all these, like, really tight protests, like, that's all, you know, like— it, it's so frustrating and there's so many sides to this too where it's like part of the reason I worry about mask mandates is because then you'd be forced to arrest all those people and that's a lot of people and I'm not sure that's the solution either like there's just I I, bad leadership kind of keeps going and keeps leading to more and more problems over time um and it's it's really frustrating because we should all be able to like act sensibly and do the sensible thing but like selective enforcement is also bad um it's it's exhausting at every turn and I know what you mean where where you can sympathize with how the rights like I'm done like this is stupid I hate all of it um and we shouldn't be getting them to that point of course but like we should also like uh, avoid thinking that way to the degree we can just you know it's harder and harder these days and I can I actually sympathize on it or like um I get how both sides kind of get screw it all I'm gonna go do my sides thing like I really do get it at times um, and I always feel that pull to different sides for that reason, because you start seeing like why people feel so strongly one way or the other. Um, it's it's interesting because I have so many people like I, I follow so many people and so many people follow me from like different sides where it's like you just really start to see why they're so pulled towards that side um, in a way that like I don't I think most people just get a pull towards one side. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's just, it, this time sucks. And I just wish like elected officials and regular people weren't doing things to make it worse. Like I think a bit of it's restlessness and a bit of it's also just like, you know, government officials do the things that they think will make them popular, which is disgusting and not how it should be, but it, it really is how it is. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. 
Um, so, all right, moving on. This is something that I did not cover at all. <laughs> I just chose, I, I basically blew it off last week. But you mentioned that you wanted to discuss uh, the latest round of tech hearings from last week. And uh, I skimmed through it. I read the highlights. I didn't cover it on the show because I just, I, I hearing old politicians uh, display their complete lack of even basic understanding of how the internet works <laughs> in these yeah. in these hearings are just it's it's too like i feel bad like i feel just embarrassed for these politicians i actually the uh, in the most recent round of hearings i i turned off c-span i turned it off for the week after a congressman i can't remember which one but after a congressman started asking mark zuckerberg the ceo of facebook why jack dorsey the CEO of Twitter bans people. So it's like, oh, okay, you guys don't even understand the differences between Facebook and Twitter. I can't handle you. But so what What jumped out at you from the latest round of big tech hearings? Oh, it's just exhausting. I mean, I knew it would be, but I didn't know, like, I don't know. It, maybe it was about as bad as I thought. Um, both he- recent hearings were supposed to be on antitrust, and neither was about antitrust. Like, you might have gotten one or two questions about it. But they just want to bring in tech CEOs to yell at them to make them look bad. And it's like, what what the fuck is your problem slash point? Like, damn it. Like, it, it, it's so exhausting. And, like, again, this during a pandemic. Like, really? Like, really? Like, we, we have bigger problems. And you're like, oh, let me yell at this tech CEO about his, like, profitable, good business that is helping lots of Americans support themselves during a pandemic. Like, it, it, it's stupid. And it's just to see both sides into it, very few abstaining from it. Um, even it really hurt to see some congressmen who I really thought highly of and who were better on this now buy into it, some of whom are even retiring. I'm like, why? Like, oh, my gosh, you'll be gone in a few months. Can you at least not make this worse right now? Holy crap. It's It just sucks. I hate it. I hate – like, I, I just fell in love with tech policy, which is why I started doing it because I manage digital media – um, and then I'm also um, a, a scholar in regulatory issues. So these kind of came together perfectly. Um, and I'm just like, well, shit, like this, this really sucks. Like um, I, I uh, started in something that just is going to always disappoint me. But um, <laughs> we should always be extremely wary of like government wanting to regulate tech generally. Like they often don't know what they're doing and it's depressing. Um, and both Democrats and Republicans are going after them. And like in the span of five minutes, you had one saying, well, you're silencing liberals, and the other saying, you're silencing conservatives, each with examples. What the shit is the tech CEO supposed to do? Just be like, yes, sir, I'll, I'll fix that. Yes, sir. Like, what? It's it's exhausting, and we need to stop doing it before, like, I tear my hair out. Like, that's all I'm asking, you know? Yeah, definitely Josh Holly needs to resign before I tear my hair out, too. Um. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so much uh. I just don't understand. I mean, just, I know a lot of, you know, People who are good on these issues, like you and I, I, I we've been saying this for years, but I, it just still it boggles my mind that people don't see through the Josh Hawley, Tucker Carlson viewpoint on big tech. It's like I just whenever in the history of the republic is regul has regulating something benefited the right. Okay, that's yeah. just not how government works. And regulating in that way on content, like right. where it's like you need to do the things that I want you to do and, and moderate in the way you want. Me, that I want you to and um, say the things I want you to say. Like, when is that going to work out well for us? Like, it's past freedom if you're just talking, like, logistics. Like, oh, my gosh, it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, and look, I'm, I'm much more partisan than you are. Like, I, 
you know, I want to defeat the left in every election yeah. from dog catcher up to president. Like, I want the left to lose every election. Like, but just Republicans who buy into this, it's like, wh- when? Like, when has that ever benefited the Republican Party or benefited the right or conservatism or libertarianism or anything? How, when is regulating anything? Not, let me just step out of the world of tech. Yeah. Government regulations, government, the nature of government moves to the left. That's what that's what the state yeah. does. It moves to the left. Like that's you know, conservatives are, you know, the doctor trying to keep the patient of freedom alive. But it, eventually the patient dies. I mean, doctors have a zero percent winning record conservatism, libertarianism, you know, liberty itself will lose. Why are you trying to speed that up? Like, hey, man, like I'm trying to, you know, keep freedom going as long as we can. And if you start regulating these industries, especially an industry as as important as tech, that is going to bite you in the ass so fast. So I'm like, do you think there's never going to be a Democratic president? Do you think the Democrats will never retake the Senate? It'll happen. Like, why? Why? Like, like why are people so short sighted? It, I, it blows my mind, but it, it also gets to something we were saying earlier and why we need to make sure that we always, like, keep nuance in mind and don't just, like, revert to whatever, do what you want, like, you know, whatever helps the right win, whatever. Um, because if you do that, that's how you get stuff like this. Because this is more about, like, screw big tech, screw the left. And it's like, okay, but, like, this is going to screw us. How are you not seeing that? Like, that's why nuance matters, if, if not for you know, self gain, like uh, to make sure that our side isn't totally screwed. Like it's, it's, it's cause of stuff like this. Cause so many conservatives buy into it cause they just want to hurt the left. They don't care about anything else. They want to regulate them. Of course, without realizing, um, um, you know, w- without realizing that it hurts them. It's just, it's so typical. I see this in so many areas, but, um, I think in tech, it's just such a shining example. Um, and, it just floors me and it, so many grifters are into this stuff but like oh, of it's, course yeah because any any area right for them they'll pick you know oh of course i i will say one thing i i will make one minor point on the other side of this issue not really on the other side of this issue but you know even a lot of people who who agree with us on on you know the, the fact that regulating tech would be a horrific dangerous thing to do it'd be horrible um but, that, but there are a lot of you know a lot of people like us was like, you know, don't complain about Twitter. Don't complain about Twitter banning conservatives. Just, you know, it's free country. Build your own Twitter. And then, uh, you know, some guys, they create Parler. And, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Parler. I'm on there. I don't really use it very much. But so people built their own Twitter <laughs> and called it Parler. And then the same people saying, don't complain about Twitter. Build your own Twitter. They're like, ha, look at these morons. They tried to build their own Twitter. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So you're my. Mo- you're mocking the people <laughs> who built their no, own Twitter it, it, after you told them to build their own Twitter. Like, that's weird. You can't really have it both ways. I mean, it seems like, you know, if you want people to stop complaining about big tech and start their own tech companies, you can't mock them when they do. You know, so I, I, I do feel a yeah. little bit, you know, that that weirded me out. I'm like, why? why? Like, why malign the, the people that want to use Parler? Like, they're doing exactly yeah. what we've been advocating that they should do. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. There are. There are a, a couple of points in there, though. Like, overall, I've been supportive, especially when Michael Lee and Rand Paul were like, guys, let's just join Parler so that, like, we don't have to, like, put up with stuff here. Yeah. And people mocking them, I that pissed me off because I'm like, no, they're trying to make sure that tech isn't overregulated. Um, but what I did, the, the criticism I did get is that Parler's, like, their, their terms of service made no sense. They're like, we use the terms of the FCC and the First Amendment. And I'm like, no, you don't because you're not going to allow probably porn on here. Right. And, like, there's lots of other stuff 
covered by the First Amendment that I'm sure they moderate. And they increasingly started moderating. So they just started with a crappy premise. And I think that there's, there's still a way to do it better. But I just don't know that Parler was the solution. I didn't mind them for trying or like people for joining them. Just their, their naivete and, oh, we won't have to worry about this. Or they have some other moderation practices that really don't make any sense. Um, and it's fine. Like they're a company that's growing and they can figure it out. But a lot of it to me was kind of funny that way. Like, oh, yeah, you guys think that you can just allow everything. Let's see how that goes. Um, but overall, like for people who did that instead of like trying to ban stuff, I think that's a really good idea. Um, I also think we'll see more social media companies over time. There's been lots that rise and fall, um, you know, that'll be hot for a second and go away. Um, and I think eventually it's going to work out. Um, things kind of tend to level out that way. Um, but so, you know, it, it's just so much easier to just say, oh, screw our enemies. Let's regulate them. Right, right. Absolutely. One more thing before I let you go. Uh, it's not even really a topic we need to discuss. I just wanted to make everybody in the audience depressed again <laughs> to, uh, to end the show. <laughs> One year ago today, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself in a year of prison. That's one year. I thought, I freaked out when I saw that. People were tweeting about it. One year ago today, Jeffrey Epstein died. I thought that was, like, 2017. Like, in my head, I was looking back, I'm like, wait, no, 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 that was, like, three years ago. Nope. August 10th, 2019. That seems like 400, I mean, way too much shit has happened in the last year. I mean, this is this is out of control, Shoshana. Like, I don't even, I, I legitimately thought that was at least two or three years ago. My goodness. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought so, too. Maybe two years ago, but, like, at least, like, just no, we never get to rest anymore. Everything is so exhausting. <laughs> we need to stop doing this to ourselves. The 24-hour news cycle has also gotten like 10 times worse since COVID started, like sort of understandably, but also like we're all going to like die. Like we can't like keep up with this. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, because I only do the podcast on Monday and Wednesday, you know, from, you know, Wednesday afternoon all the way to Monday morning. I'm like, I'm taking just notes on my phone, things I want to bring up on the podcast. And then when I get to Monday morning to put together the show, I'm like, yeah. all the crap I wanted to talk about on Thursday and Friday and Saturday are no longer relevant. <laughs> like, I can't even, I have to skip all these things that I want to get to because I'm going to get emails from the listeners like, why are you talking about that? That's old news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I physically can't even cover a lot of the things I want to cover. Like, it's 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 nuts. The news cycle, it moves way too fast. No, I, I feel that so hard. Like, oh my gosh. Uh um, I don't know how people on TV do it. Like, you know, a decade ago, it was a little fast, but it was reasonable. And I could see how they could do their jobs. But I have friends who work in TV and I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Would not want your job. Like, you know, growing up watching a lot of Fox, I used to want to be like one of the hosts or something. Now that job sounds like hell. You have to pretend to know everything within like five seconds. Like, oh my gosh. Like, not even uh, you have to pretend I, I to know. You have to pretend to care about, yeah. <laughs> about every single, like, that's the thing. Like, I didn't watch the, uh the 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 big tech hearings last week so i'm like i'm not going to get anything substantive out of this and i'm just not going to care so like i'm not yeah. going to put myself through watching the whole thing obviously i don't have to for my job either so <laughs> i have that yeah, added, added benefit like, but it's like I, how do you I pretend to watching it's hell like it's not fun i hate having to do it like it's think... my fault for falling in love with policy areas that are like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know like i feel for the the you know the the talk radio guys that do three hours a day you know, you're Glenn Beck and Rush oh. Limbaugh and all these guys. It's like, I I can't pretend to care about three hours worth of content every day. 
Like, I, there's like on any given news cycle, there's like a handful of things that I really care about, and then the rest of it I just don't. And like, I don't think I could bring myself to pretend to care about a lot of the stuff that these guys have to cover on a daily basis. Like, I, I, I can't. I couldn't do it. I could never do that. No, me neither. I love being able to do what I want when I want. Like, TV appeals to me so, like, not at all. Same for being an elected official. Neither of those are things that I ever want to do. I love being able to be like, I'm out. I'm out. This, you're pissing me off today. Can't do this. I'm out. I'm just going to, like, go write a paper or something or, like, go, like, handling, go handle something. Like, I can't, like, deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Shoshana, you're one of my favorite guests. Thank you so much for doing this again. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Um, where can uh, where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and uh, check out our street and all that good stuff? No, thank you so much for having me. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Senator Shoshana. I have like rainbow hair, so that's how you'll see me. And my profile picture is holding a picture of the Federalist. Or holding the in an original copy of the Federalist Papers. So that was pretty fun. Um, I love my life. Um, and then for our street, our street.org, um, we like have lots of policy that I hope you guys like do stuff with because um, we have good ideas and care about the budget and like don't want to make stuff worse and are working really hard and are nerds. So come nerd with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody check out our street. You'll be smarter for it. Everybody follow Shoshana. She's great. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.